Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Greenwood and Northern Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Wow, wow, wow. Sam Muller, have we just interviewed one of the biggest names so far on this podcast? I think so. I really do. Two-time Brit Award winner, a, a GQ Award winner, an Ivan Avello winner. Um, yeah, just awesome, awesome. And such a down-to-earth chap as well. And a, and a huge, and you will come to know, like, sometimes massive, I'm going to use the C word, celebrity. Massive celebrities, like, you know, they'll say they support a team and whatnot, but the knowledge isn't quite there. Oh, what you'll be blown away by Mr. James Bay and his knowledge and love and passion for Newcastle United. Unbelievable. Yeah. Some really, really interesting takes from James Bay about a couple of things in regards to Newcastle. Ed, one thing I've never really even thought about, and Sam and I think we know a lot about football, but in terms of one particular moment, I'm not to spoil this, but Sam knows exactly what I'm talking about. And it was actually really, really interesting to get that sort of perspective on things at Newcastle United right now. But, yeah, a, a massive, massive thanks to James and his team for allowing us to, to do this because it was something that we both really want. We've been trying for a little while to get James on the podcast. A little while? I've been trying for over two years. So, well, <laughs> so by <laughs> behind the scenes as well. Um, but, oh, incredible, incredible. Is it fair to say, though, Sam, that James Bay and Alan Shearer are best mates? Uh, well, me, me, James, and Al have a kind of separate WhatsApp group. You know, you're Obviously. you're you're not invited because um, okay. Alan Alan doesn't know who you are. Um, but yeah, you're not in, you're not in the club yet, um, which is the name of the WhatsApp group. It's called the club. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm sure they are. I don't know, but yeah, it, it's it's a surreal feeling. As as yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they're good, close pals. Yeah, it, it must it must be absolutely remarkable to have that sort of relationship with Newcastle's best ever player, but only something I would ever dream of, Sam. Yeah, yeah, however, yeah. However, his knowledge on Newcastle, as you mentioned, is, is second to none. He's followed the team for a number of years, the good, the bad, the ugly, if you like. Um, and yeah, it was great to get a real insight into how a music superstar thinks about Newcastle United, but in terms of James... And he is a superstar. He is a superstar. Look at what he's done just this summer. Play the sold-out Royal Albert Hall, which is a fantastic... One of the best venues in the world to go and see um, a gig. Um, Have you ever been to the Royal Albert Hall? I've walked past the Royal Albert Hall, but I've never been inside it, unfortunately. Oh, I have. Um... It's a fantastic. It's huge, isn't it? From what I can remember, it's it's a fantastic. The the best way to to describe it is grand. It's a very grand venue. Um, I saw David Gilmour, uh, once of Pink Floyd fame, um, at the Albert Hall, um, and I was in. <clears throat> I mean, there's lots of tears, but the tears are only quite small in the Albert Hall because you're like. How best to describe it? Um, why would I get upset? Tears. 
tears. Oh, yeah, very good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I am suffering. If you if you notice a slight croak in my voice, I am suffering with a head cold. But you know, I will soldier on through. I I I will for 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 you listeners and viewers. I will power through for the cause because uh, I've got nothing better to do. Oh, good. That's that's that's. Well, yeah, <laughs> Royal Albert Hall's amazing, and James played there um, not so long ago, and he, you know he's just supported Bruce Springsteen, who's one of the biggest legends in the world, and you know festival appearances, Glastonbury, and just like albums, and just so many absolutely huge, huge songs and beautiful songs as well. He does as well. One of them was at my wedding. Um, the song, not him. Uh, I wish he was. Um, uh, yeah, amazing! What a fantastic, fantastic guy! And it was a, a real pin. It, it, it's like no disrespect to any of our other guests because every guest who, who comes on and talks to us, whether you're, you know, a, an, an amateur boxer or whether you are a huge celebrity like James Bay, like we love you all, and there's not a bad egg we've had on the show. And but like this is just one of them pinch yourselves ones where you know. That doesn't happen every day. No, it was it was a massive, massive buzz, a real buzz. And like Sam and I messaged each other about half an hour after the interview was finished, and we're like, oh, I'm still feeling them. I'm still feeling like such a buzz. It's like such a high, and it is it is really, really nice to have that after an interview. We do we have that we have had that quite a lot. We've been very very fortunate to have that. Buzz, yeah, none of none of our any previous guests called you John and made it sound so freaking cool. I'll take it. The only time I used to get called John was when I was at university. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but when James Bay called you, if I called you John, it it it, it feels uncomfortable. When James Bay called you John a couple of times, I just thought, oh, kiss me. But no, <laughs> but you know, it it just see. Oh, it was just so cool. He's just an absolute dude. Yeah, he certainly, certainly was. And the season, I have to briefly touch about Newcastle now, the season is very much round the corner, Samuel Moore. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, as we talk, we're just under three weeks until the start of the season. Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes. Ooh. Through the door. And Alan I mean, is out of the door, practically. Yeah, it's a shame about St. Maximin, it really is. Um, the the little Harvey Barnes thing I did there, if you've been on social media and seen a clip of commentary, that's what that's in reference to. I'm not losing it. Um, but yeah, gutted about Maxi. I am, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I really am gutted, but you know. Are the club making the right decision? Time will tell, time will tell. That's That's... You know, it's not for us to say now. It's a big, it's a big decision they've made. They're not, uh, they're not, they're not afraid of making big decisions. And and this is this is epitomised that now. Uh, time will tell, but um, we we shall see. Hopefully, they have made the right decision, and uh, we obviously wish Maxi all the best. And I don't know, maybe maybe he'll be back one day. Maybe he's got unfinished business here. Who's, who knows? Who knows? Eh? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I think it's about time. We'll talk more Newcastle United in, in a couple of weeks' time because we're going to do a podcast just solely on the start of the season, a big, big preview, and we'll want to guess. We're going to talk about so many different things in regards to the start 
of the season because it could be one of the most exciting seasons. If it's any better than it was last year. Oh my goodness, let's see what happens. But yeah, it is about time that we get this podcast up and running. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. This is the Greenwood and Mulner Show, and it is with James Bay. Thank you. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, Sam and I are joined by a true musical superstar, a man who has sold more than five million records and has performed around the world with hits including Hold Back the River, which Sam loves for obvious reasons, which we'll mention later on, and Let It Go. And to top it all off, He's a massive Newcastle United supporter as well. It's a big welcome to the two-time Brit Award winner, James Bay. James, welcome to the Greenwood and Mulner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Lads, thank you so much. It's an honour. It's a pleasure. Um, it's, uh, I think, in a positive way, a turbulent time to talk about the tune. So let's. Uh, I'm excited to be here. James, I have to ask, how does a lad from Hertfordshire become a Newcastle United supporter? This, so yeah, this is the question. Um, I did not grow up in a house obsessed with football, and yet I was obsessed with football. So was my brother, my, my older brother and me. We, we loved running out and we had a field next to the house. We run out and play all the time. And this is the mid-90s that I'm talking about, or my earliest memories, sort of early to mid-90s, and my earliest memories of, of, of sort of first football obsessions. And at the centre of that um, was none other than Alan Shearer, who was an England superstar, and just a sort of, I think, just a, in the playground at school, he was a superstar being talked about by all, all different kids. And I remember a moment asking my dad, who, like I say, was not um, particularly interested in football. I said, uh, who, does, who does Alan Shearer play for? What, what club does he play for? Uh, and my dad said, he's, my dad was reading the paper and he said, look at this. And he just, Alan Shearer had just signed to Newcastle United. Um and I decided in that moment, as basic as it may sound and may seem, that I wanted to support Newcastle United because I thought Shearer was the absolute um, greatest. And I was right. Um, and uh, ever since that day, I, I, I have been obsessed. You know, I, I grew up uh, in Hitchin, a little town where obviously you can support Hitchin. If you want to go a little further afield but, and, and, and to a bigger club, I guess it would maybe be Watford. And then a lot of people from that town supported Arsenal and Tottenham. And that's all well and good. But yeah. It was it was Newcastle for me from from that day, uh, forevermore. Oh, you, your story is quite similar to mine, James, in that that I'm in the Midlands, and I, again, right. my my family was not into football at all. But again, it was that same sort of time period that yeah. who's this team that play in black and white and just don't care about defending? It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah I was I was all in. So you say your first memories. Um, was about Alan Shearer. Now I was going to wait a little later to to bring this up because um, I know I know you and you and Big Al talk every now and again, and uh, and so do I and Big Al. But um, ah. I've interviewed him twice. Johnny hasn't um, ah. at all, not once. Um, so I thought this was a brilliant time to bring it up. But is it surreal? Even though you're you know you're you're warming up for Bruce Springsteen, you're playing the Albert Hall, you've won Brit Awards, Ivan Novellos, whatever. But yeah, is there a still a kind of inner child in you that's like finds it so surreal to just talk and message and just interact with Alan Shearer? Hundred percent, a hundred thousand percent. You know, it's not often that I've been with a football loving mate and you know had a little chat going on with with with, with Alan and you know one or two mates have sort of glanced across and and while they can't believe it, I can't believe it either. And it's hard not to be like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I'm just having a little quick message with Shearer because we both seen the score. Um, and he and he's obviously, as you know, John. I'm sorry you won't know, but you will one day. I promise. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he won't. No, he won't. He I refuse to have him back on. <laughs> uh, Big Al is is wonderful. Um, he's he's a very nice guy, and he's and he's uh, obviously a legend. So it's it's often a pinch myself sort of moment. But um, yeah, he's you know he's ready to to celebrate when we've when we've won and to to commiserate when we've lost and sort of share that stuff and it's oh it's a wild experience an experience i hope to have one day just one day we'll get get you in the door somehow (laughs) (laughs) i'll hold you to that i will hold you to that but in all seriousness (laughs) haven't you had the pleasure of actually being at a game with alan and actually watching the game with him i believe yeah yeah i only talk about it so much because we lost uh and (laughs) you know uh, yeah, it, we, uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, the whole day was a win for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, you know, I turned up. The, these were. This is actually back. I, I don't get up to Newcastle as often as I like to. So this was back in uh, our last uh, championship days. So sort of 2017. Um, but he had us in. Uh, it, what's unbelievable, um, just from a sort of basic place, from a basic perspective, is you walk when when you're sort of walked into St James's Park by Alan Shearer, uh, there's there's no person, no security person, there's no door that he kind of can't go through. Uh, it's so correctly like recognised that he's like, he's God on that land, like, you know, and, it, and, it, and, he, and he should be seen that way. So to just sort of be just over his shoulder and just sort of following him through was the most unbelievable experience. And I suppose we, you know, it was a, it was a very sort of posh, sort of fancy, um, wonderful, day a lo- lovely sort of way to be taken us in james's park um but there's not a box or a sort of a, a seat in the house that he's not welcome to um so to yeah to be to go with him of all people to that ground um was one of the best days ever I, you know it was one of the most amazing experience experiences yeah i can imagine um do you, do you like when you're watching a game like in in the in the comfort of like hospitality with with Big Al? Do you not just kind of gaze across to the Gallagher end where you know oh, all yeah. the tops off singing all of that? Do you just oh I wouldn't mind just going in there just just even my, for a little bit? My 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 experiences of seeing Newcastle have have been that the the kind of the 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 box experience, but most of the rest of the time I'm at away games for Newcastle because there's because I. Just because they're the ones I can get to more often, so I, I, I'm I've known Newcastle at two different, very different extremes ultimately, or, or watching the team from two very different extremes. My most sort of familiar one is standing in the away end with the away fans, who, as I'm sure you know, are the greatest kind of carnage. Um, <laughs> yeah. They are brilliant animals. Um, <laughs> And uh, so when you know talk about looking at the Gallagher end, like it's yes, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It was it was to look across, to be so privileged as to sort of spectate that from the position I was in, um, is yeah, it's it's a privilege. Uh, it's an amazing way to sort of see those fans because you get this. It's a sort of it's a pretty moving perspective, as I'm sure you can imagine. Like. I feel like I'm talking about all this as such a songwriter, but like uh, <laughs> it, it, it could bring a sort of tear to the eye. Like it's a fine thing to witness. And then, like I say, the rest of my time 
like I just saw when we played Chelsea at the last game of the season there. I go to a lot, like I've seen, I, I've seen us twice in the Tottenham Stadium. We won both times. One of them was Joel Linton's first goal. It was an unbelievable moment. And bless him, you know, rest in peace to Christian Atsu, who, who made that beautiful pass um, on that day. Anyway, point being, I, I've stood among those away fans. It's, a, it's an unbelievable experience. I, I, there was a crush the last time I was at the Spurs Stadium in the Newcastle away <laughs> end. There was a crush getting back in on the, for the second half because like, it was pouring the rain outside. Um, and so, somebody clocks me and then all these Newcastle fans are singing, hold back the river. And I, my feet weren't <laughs> on the ground. Like, it was absolutely bizarre. And then when we get back in, the game's the game been, we were about four or five minutes into the second half. Everybody's back in. And like, it's, it's, although it's bonkers to be, to have all these amazing Newcastle fans singing my song, the focus, you know, the way that we get back into the game and, you, and we get behind the team, that's the special moment in that scenario. Oh. Is, that the, is that the biggest buzz, James, when you have that moment where you support the team that you love, you're watching them win in the capital, which doesn't happen too often. I know it happened quite a lot last season, which for him means Sam still can't believe when we went to the odd away game down London because it doesn't happen too many times. But right. it must be such a surreal moment when they're singing, like, well, if not your most yeah. famous song. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's Also, uh, me being me, and I know I've just told you the story, giving you the anecdote but like typically I'm sort of I'm kind of in that scenario I'm red in the face and I'm desperate to get back to the game and I just want let's lads let's all let come on let's you know we got we got it we got we're not here for this we're here for this like um it's very surreal um I don't yeah it's I, it's really hard to explain what that feels like um and it doesn't happen all the time by the way but like it's 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 as it seems it seems as mad for the for the away fans that I'm in that I'm there as, as it is mad for me that they have a clue who I am. It, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but like, it's a, it's a very friendly atmosphere as I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know you'll, you'll see in many more home games, um, but the away fans, what, what a crowd every yeah. single time. It's so much fun. I mean, last season alone, there were so many away days where we'll look back in 10 years time and go, oh, were you there? For, we 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 were there for the West Ham five one. We were there for the Everton four one. Friday night in at Forest was so much fun this season. Um, I'm, I'm, by the way, just I'm sat I'm sat with Chris from my management, who's a massive Newcastle fan as well. Um, no and you just talked about the four one, and he's just like, yes. <laughs> 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 was oh, brilliant! Love that! Love that! But yeah, I suppose. How are you going to follow the team along a European campaign? I can see you avidly waiting for the Champions League draw going, right, we need to schedule some tour dates in Spain for when we play Madrid. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, look, it's, it's, it's not to lean on it too heavily, but it's, it's exciting to have new music on the way because the sooner I've got that music on the way, the sooner we can talk about tour dates and the sooner we can... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's, it's, I was thinking about that from the stands of Stamford Bridge the other month, the other, the other month when... Um, and by the way, again, those away fans, like... 45 minutes before the game, they were losing their minds, like absolutely slamming on the on the side, like just making all this brilliant noise. Um, and I was thinking then, and like I'm thinking now to answer your question, like I've got to get, uh, even my agent has said to me, right, we've got to look at like, and he's not a Newcastle fan, but you know, people are excited for us. Like we're, we're, we're back in Europe and, and, and rightly so. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I am looking at how and when I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the draw to see where we're going to be. And, and I would absolutely, yeah, I, I would. I need to get out and see some some of those 
well, get amongst those away fans again because that's clearly my thing. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think everybody is waiting for that draw that you mentioned, the Champions League draw. And Sam has his own little trip that he wants to see. I, I've got my own. But I think every Newcastle fan has that one trip that they just want in the Champions League because it has been such a long time, James. Is there, is there one team that you'd love Newcastle United to face in the Champions League if it was up to you, for example? I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hard not to say Barcelona, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I it, you know, we've got a little bit of history there with that team in the Champions League. Um, and I, look, if it was if it was Barcelona, I would be looking for a sprayer in the stands. I'd be like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Must be here. Um, uh, so I, yeah, that that would be unbelievable, obviously for that ground as well. But like. Um, Look, you you must agree. Like it's a it's a sort of incredibly. I mean this in a positive way. It's terrifying, isn't it? You know, we're, we're, yeah. that's the biggest league, that's the biggest league in the in, in the world. Like that's the top. That is the top top tier. And we are. I mean, the way that we earned our place. Um, there have been some other teams that have, have sort of surprised made it into the Champions League in recent years. That it was a different journey for them. I think the way that we've, I, and I'm, I think I'm talking particularly for all of our incredible squad and obviously we're building on it this summer. I'm talking about Eddie Howe. That bloke has earned that place in the Champions League as a manager. I think he can take a team into that league. I think he can do something. I, I, I'm, I, it's ridiculous for me not to be sort of optimistic and hopeful. I, I, I just, I, he's just a superhero, isn't he? Like, I, you know, and, and the way that he sort of hot, has held and holds his nerve in the face of so much, um, so much hope and sort of uh, expectation. I'm very excited for him in the Champions League, let alone, obviously, the entire squad. And and in terms of who we come up against, you know, everybody everybody that we come up against should should um, should be sort of checking themselves because we're, we're not coming in with nothing. Uh, and that's, again, just as far as what our manager is capable of doing with a team. Was was Eddie Howe the sort of man that you wanted? Like, obviously, when the takeover went through, we still had Steve Bruce, which was, you know, he, he, he was there. Um, <laughs> and and then obviously he got sacked pretty early on post takeover, and yeah. because of because of you know the reputation of being world's richest club, blah blah blah. There was obviously a, a mile long shortlist. Was was Eddie Howe the man you wanted? Because I'll be honest, I, I, I said Unai Emery, which he's now gone to my least favourite club in the world. But yeah, I, you, you know, I Unai, I know he'd had what he'd had. Who was it? Villarreal? Who was it? Who he'd? Yeah, he was at Villarreal, Villarreal. and then Arsenal before Villarreal, then, wasn't it? Villarreal. Yeah, he, 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 I, I, know, I didn't love what was going on for him at, at Arsenal, obviously. Um, that just didn't seem good in any way. And then he, I think he won the Europa League, didn't he? The Villarreal. Yeah. And I think, so what I'm trying to say is I wasn't like desperately obsessed with, with the prospect of Emery, but he obviously had won the Europa League and, and you know, clearly has something about him. What he's done after Gerard has been pr- pretty solid. Um, there was a guy, was it Lopetegui? I forget how you say the guy's name. Oh, no, I not him. There was, there was, there was, there was, yeah, maybe there was there was a couple others, wasn't there, knocking around? I, I, I guess I didn't know what to make of much of it. And then anyhow, as a name was sort of thrown in, I think Pochettino was the one that everyone was sort of like, "Wow, that would be that could be fun." Um, mm. What am I trying to say? I think there was something sobering about the prospect of after the big headlines of the takeover and the richest club idea and all this stuff. 
there was something quite sobering about Eddie Howe coming in. He's just a, he's sensible, isn't he? In, in a in a strangely exciting way. He's not trying to do like wow factor in the first five minutes of him arriving. He's just he's just trying not to lose. I think a manager like him is is, is turning up, and the first job is let's not concede, let's not lose a game. And he's uh, clearly he's got many many cogs turning at the same time, and I think any manager does. But the way that that goes for Eddie is that he's he is. He's got another engine in the back of his brain burning to win. And he's he's just there's something sort of so stoic and trustworthy about him. I don't know. It was it I can't say I was like, oh wow, Eddie Howe. But equally, there's a small part of me that's going, he wasn't terrible at Bournemouth, you know, or especially in the grand scheme of things. Look what he did. And so young, it seemed quite quickly and maybe before we'd even got on onto any kind of winning winning streak and eventually we got onto some amazing ones it seemed like oh, okay this could be like real growth and i think that's the first thing you want but it's the hardest thing to believe you're going to get for a minute um, and to see that 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 growth and that evolution literally with the players he adopted obviously it wasn't long before no i hadn't sort of thought wow eddie how's the guy but it really wasn't long before i was saying okay i was thinking to myself eddie how He's he's not in this for the sort of short term. He, he's always, I suppose, he's always struck me as a manager with the Bournemouth thing in mind, and, and and even how long he was kind of away from managing for for the minute there. He's always struck me as a guy who's kind of loyal and wants a long term thing that he can grow, so he can develop as a manager, get better. You know, all the stories about him going in his gap where he wasn't managing, going into Europe, going to sit with Simeone's team and Atletico Madrid and all, all that stuff. It all read really well. Um, I wasn't sure who, I mean, who do you think you want uh, when there's a huge takeover and Steve Bruce has just gone? Like, those are two such <laughs> massive experiences. Um, you know, so, but, and then as he came in, yeah, I think, the, I think in pretty quick hindsight, I sort of checked myself and went, well, I'm not upset about it. It's not like, you know, all this chat, of, and this is not a manager, but like all this chat of Mbappe, blah, blah, blah. It's just, so, there's something so sort of level about it. It felt like a really decent. It could. It felt like it could be a good foundation. Is that? Does that make sense? Could we sort yeah. of agree on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Certainly agree with that. I, th I think it's just it's, there's two things I take up from Eddie Howe, and I'm, I hope Sam agrees with me. His standards have just gone up tenfold, but he just wants to win every single game. I think that's that that burning desire, James, that he just wants to win a game of football. And he has brought in the right characters now. And you and you look at someone like a Kieran Trippier, for example. I think he's almost like the perfect signing, the perfect first signing for this new Newcastle United. You can't be not impressed with Eddie Howe and then a Kieran Trippier walking through the door. It, it, I just I love the how the standards have just raised so much. Yeah, it is that that is an unbelievable signing on so many levels. You know, and just the type of person I think. It, it, it seems Kieran Trippier is as a player, you know, having the career he had in the Premier League, then going to going to Europe, which has not been as popular for British players in recent years, going to Europe and winning the league, um, you know, at, at a particular age, being willing to come back to the Premier League uh, at, at the time, a, a much sort of um, ultimately sort of lesser team than the clubs he played for. Uh, just an amazing signing. And the, and the way that there's clearly something... Um, infectious about Eddie Howe and maybe particularly to Kieran Trippier who has history with Eddie Howe but like there's something quite clearly quite infectious about Eddie Howe's 
way that I think Trippi has adopted. And I'm going to reference the Carabao Cup final for a second. I know we don't want to talk about it in a big way. And there's other examples that because I went to that game and I, I, there's other games that I've been to where I've seen this happen, right? Trippier, what a signing. Gimaraes, what a signing. Trippier, a seasoned veteran, ultimately. Gimaraes, brand new to the, to the Premier League and a young lad. Very keen, very hungry, loads of ability. The way in a cup final, a very which was a very exciting thing for Newcastle because it had been such a long time since we've been in one, the, the way that Trippier had his arm round Bruno's shoulder, because Bruno was like too hungry. He was, he was at times, it was, and he's been in this situation a few times. Bruno's not far from a red card at times. Um, and in many ways, we love that. But he also needs to learn uh, how to rein it in and focus his abilities. Eddie Howe will do that all the time as his manager, but not on the pitch in that 90 minutes. In that 90 minutes, Trippier is closer to Bruno physically. And almost like a dad on the pitch, he's saying, "Oi, just take a breath." It, it's that. This is this is such a geeky little thing to say, but all the um, FIFA players will know that there's a little Martin Tyler commentary or, or, or Alan Smith. One of them says, "Oi, calm down. You can win us this game." Like anybody who's played that game enough will know that comment. Unfortunately, I've just revealed something about myself. But that's what I see. That's sort of how I see Trippier talking to and treating Bruno and obviously some of the some of the other young players, and it and it says all of that says so much I think about Eddie Howe as a manager in any team, but very you know critically and most importantly in this team in our team, it's unbelievable that signing and and how he's nurtured all those different players who are coming from all those different perspectives and positions. Do, do, have you seen that? Like I, I feel like I'm not. Do you know what? Like, Trippier, the way that he's got his arm around, lads. Yeah, yeah, you, you do you do see that with Trippier, but you made a, a, an awesome point about um, Bruno and Trippier because <clears throat> I think the focus is sometimes on, when it comes to maybe needing to calm down a bit, I think the focus is always on Joe Linton because since he's turned yeah. into like an uber beast, yeah. he, he can take over the world. I mean, this time last right. year, he was starting touchline fights against Benfica in pre-season. Yeah, but yeah, but but right. you but you but you're so right about Bruno because he got the red card in the second leg of the semi final of the Carabao Cup when yeah he does he does have this tendency to get a little bit carried away every now and again but uh, but I I kind of miss that because I just look at him with like Disney love hearts in my eyes and just <laughs> and he and he he can do no wrong for me the the same with Isaac and and now Tonali as well who are just like. It's just a dream team again. Like you were saying about Shearer before, but like nowadays we're getting back to that stage where we've got superstars in our team again. I I am totally sold, by the way, on um, the... And this is so, like... I don't know. I don't know if this is big for my boots, but people comparing Alexander Isak to Henri, I'll take that all day long. I've watched him down the left. Have you seen him down the left? Like, it's crazy. When he's getting up close to the touchline, he's dancing it around. I forget which game that was. Everton. Yeah, it was Everton, of course. I was like choking on my drink. It was <laughs> all for an assist, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, he's quite... And, and you know what, as well? Uh, let's. Uh, this probably falls back to Eddie as well. Isak came in, two or three games, got injured. And in that two or three games, he tried something cheeky at one point. He thought he could do a fancy chip goal where he'd broken through everybody and he fucked it up. He fluffed it up. I don't know if we're swearing on this one. Yeah, um, yeah don't worry about it. Uh, uh, 
he messed it up. And he looked a bit silly because he's come in. He's an exciting new signing. He's a, He was our record signing. And he's tried something snazzy that I'm sure he got away with in the Spanish League. But you can't necessarily get away with in the Premier League. And I think it was in front of the Gallagher end, potentially. I feel like it was at St. James's Park. And it, it kind of cost us the game in that we would have won it if he'd just slotted it away. Uh, I don't know if I'm being too harsh there, but I, I know, you know, we know what we saw. And then he was injured and then he was gone for a while. And it was really frustrating because another big, potentially exciting signing has, has sort of got injured and disappeared off the face of the earth or the first team for, for what felt like too long. But the way, surely, that Eddie has managed him off the pitch and then back onto the pitch after such a hiatus and an injury is more credit to Eddie. And of course, you know, I've got the Disney heart eyes for Isak and, and all those guys. Uh, because not only are they exciting individuals, but, and again, probably because of Eddie, call me biased, but we work, they're working together. You know, that's a whole separate level in, in football, isn't it? When you've got, you know, um, budding superstars able to sort of play together um, and clearly enjoy it. And I'm going to throw like into that thing that I'm sort of thinking about and seeing Dan Burn, what? Oh, How? Yes. But he's having a ball, and they love yeah. him. And he's working, and it's just the most unbelievable thing. And it's it's real. It's not like our, it's, it didn't just happen for one half of a game one time. You know, it, it, it it's very exciting. Um, and and I want we all when this transfer window started, we wanted to be flooded with players, didn't we? Because. And it's not happened yet. And it's not to say that more won't come through. The the, the Harvey Barnes is, the talk is really exciting. Uh, and it's also difficult for another reason. We can get into that if you want. But you look at going into the Champions League and you think, please double the squad. Not double, but, you know, like we, we need numbers. If we're going to do Carabao, FA Cup, Premier League, you know, if we're going to do all these, we need loads and loads of players, don't we? Because we're also inexperienced in Europe, as is our manager who's never managed there. Um but he knows Eddie knows something we don't clearly. I don't know. I'm going to be optimistic on that. And 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 he's and I know there's other you know financial fair play. There's all different things, all different rules that he's playing by. Respect to him. You know he doesn't want to muck anybody about. He wants to be so sort of genuine about the whole thing. Um, it's it's really exciting in terms of the sort of long term. It feels like a very exciting thing to watch. It certainly does. It certainly does. And- you talk about the transfer window, James. It's heating up. It has been for the last time since the final whistle at Chelsea. I think everybody's yes. been talking about ins and outs. And you're quite right. Harvey Barnes looks like he's on his way in. Sandro Tonali's already in. But a man that looks like he's going out of St. James's Park and heading towards Saudi Arabia is Alan St. Maxwell. Now, this has really divided opinion with Newcastle fans. I would probably say it's 60 40 saying that they would like Alan St. Maxwell to stay. At Newcastle United, but it looks like the club have almost been forced into this deal because of, as you mentioned, financial fair play. I think first things first, are you disappointed or are you gutted a little bit that Alan St. Maxwell is on the verge of leaving Newcastle? And would you have liked to see him stay? It's a really hard question to answer. I think so much. I'm probably 60% keeping, but that 40% is really saying something as well. Um, The 40% is making a sort of good point. Yes, there's all the, the rules that the club are, are looking to play by, have to play by. Um, I, you know, I will never forget, uh, this is so such a sort of unique little 
I suppose anecdote to me in my life, but I was on a tour bus in the arse end of nowhere in like Midwest America last August. Uh, so the beginning of the season, when was it? No, it was September. We were early season. We played Wolves and he scored that outrageous uh, volley. He like silly deflection. And it was the worst stream on a little iPad in a tour bus. <laughs> it was glitching every two and a half minutes, but I got this golden window. We're right in the middle of this window of great internet. This is something that I find hard to come by lately. I told you earlier. We don't, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. um, as I speak to you from the record label, not my own house. Uh, where <laughs> better, um, I watched it, I watched him score this unbelievable goal, and there he was once again. There he was. This this talisman that we've that we've had for a nice little while now and that you know only a year or so ago signed on for what six more years and, and sadly that's not clearly not to be and it's 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 difficult um he's a bit of a lone ranger if i'm being brutal at times I, and i and i've i've loved him since since he turned up it's always been exciting to watch him certainly to watch him live um but when i talked earlier about all these different players gimarez uh isak all these all these different uh, new players and, and even dan burn the way that they're working and playing together to be uh, unfortunately sort of brutal, I, I've not seen Sam Maximan sort of fit as well. It doesn't feel like it's going to change because Eddie's the manager that he is and he's doing a fine job. And I, I, I believe that he has a great relationship with Sam Maximan, but um, you've got to think about the player, the individual as well, who might who might just not be sort of cut out for the, for the future of, of the club and might need to go elsewhere. And th th there's a whole sort of brutal angle on it that that 40% you mentioned are probably thinking. And um, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think if it if push comes to shove, then then this is the best way to do it. I don't want to lose him also because I've said it. I think numbers are important for going into for having another competition in the calendar. Um, and he is an incredible number to 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 have. Um, you know, even as any kind of sub or a starting player, he's going to frighten defenders. He always has. He's frightened the top some of the best defenders in the Premier League easily. Um, it's really it's going to be hard to see him go because he also signifies an amazing turn in our recent history at Newcastle. Um, he he you know he'll always represent that, and when we've needed him to, he has at the very least terrified defenders and at the very best scored volleys like that one against Wolves. Um, yeah. So it'll be um, it'll be really sad. Uh, to see him go. And it's interesting as well when you see someone like Harvey Barnes coming in. He's got nice stats in the Premier League. That's cool. Um, but he's he's incredibly sort of hungry and able. And, you know, he clearly wants a bit of Champions League if he can take, if he can get it. Um, he's still sort of young and kind of ripe for managing, uh, which is probably attra very attractive to, to Eddie. And there's every, there's every sort of great reason to bring him in. So if it means letting go of somebody who whose history with the club now might just be sort of naturally winding up, then so be it. I, I, you know, maybe I'm 50-50 and everybody else is 60-40. I don't know. 50-50 it's, 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 is a weird place to be. Yeah, I, I can say it's, it's not an easy one, is it? Because um, I've got such mixed feelings about it. I, I, well, no, they're not mixed at all. I really want him to stay. There's no two right. ways about it. Um, <clears throat> we if, had I way, I would, if I could have my way, I'm having them both. No question. Yeah. 
you know, I want another player in, but sorry, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're right. We would have in both. There's no two ways about it. And like, I was in the away end that day against Wolves, where um, my kind of mantra of not making a tit of myself on the internet quickly went out the window when that goal went in. And and we actually had him on the show the week before that in person, right. and he's just right. the, the like the, like the love he had for the club and and the area and the fans and it's it, it's I just don't believe for one minute he wants to go, although you know riches of a weekly wage in the Middle East may sway things somewhat. Well, boy, have they swayed things for so many this this window. So I I, I guess they may sway things things somewhat. And I think he was right to believe at one point that he was kind of the the excitement about Newcastle United at, at one point, like m- more or less. I know that's a sort of quite a self-centred idea. I, I think he was exciting the other players in his team. He was kind of giving, he was he was such a brilliant reason to get out and go for it. Um, may, maybe sometimes certain players make other players work hard. The, the documentary recently about uh, Messi on iPlayer, you know, that whole team talks about we did it for him, we did it for him. Like, sometimes I think a, a team has a player who they, they sort of, in part at least, play the game for. I'm sure Sam Maximan would never sort of say this himself, but I, I think we all thought at times this lad is going to really move us along here. Certainly, you know, Eddie must have thought that. And it's, uh, it did things for Eddie as a manager. It gave him such an incredible option. Um, it was... It, it, so much of the time, it's been only positive. I mean, maybe the whole time he's been injured at times, and that that is what it is. But like, it's going to be, it's going to be rubbish to lose him, as we go into, you know, the, the, one of the biggest chapters in our recent history, by far, because he's got so much quality, and he's got this, you know, he he puts all defenders on edge because they don't know where he's going to go, and he's got this pace and this. I don't know, but if, if I talk about it any longer, I'll, I'll start crying. <laughs> Me too. We'll all all start. We'll all start. Um, I have to just quickly touch a little bit on last season, just just towards the back end of last season. There was a couple of games and a couple of moments in particular, which probably just, you you just couldn't fathom, I suppose. And the Tottenham game last season at St. James's Park, where you're five and up after 20 minutes, a 6-1 win. And I know you don't live too far away from London, as you've mentioned. I don't know whether you have any friends that are Tottenham fans, but I'm sure you were ringing them up after... 20 minutes in that game. Can you can you remember where you were and yeah. how you how you felt after yeah. that 6-1 win against Tottenham? One of my oldest mates is a Spurs fan and, and at least two of my best mates are Arsenal fans hilariously. So the texts were fascinating and, and wonderful. <laughs> um, I, I was in uh, I was in rehearsal before going on tour. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't take rehearsal lightly. Uh, lots of artists will have like a sort of a, a, a musical director, an MD, who will get everything happening so the artists can kind of walk in, sing their bit, play their bit, know what they're doing and go. And that's all well and good. That's fine. I do the MD bit. So I sort of run the thing. Um, and I've and, and i I've kind of got my eye across all the different details, my ear across all the different details that are happening. When there's a game, when we're playing, and it's rehearsal, it's difficult because I'm running the clock. I can stop us when, when, when we're going to have a break and all this stuff. And we, it was a window in the day, that, that kickoff and that game, where we, we would typically and should typically be making music and rehearsing and working everything out. And I, so I was strict and I thought, OK, we're playing Spurs. You know, it's not going to be a sort of walk in the park. We'll just, um, I'll just, I'll know it's happening and I'll turn my phone over every now and again and check. I think the speed at which two and three nil happened, I was shouting. I was like, there's another goal! <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
and then I was, and then I turned the, the game on like I was streaming it, just down there while I was singing, and then I just had to stop. And half the band don't give a monkey's about football, you know. Half the crew, like they don't. There's people in the room who I can sort of share the moment with who aren't Newcastle fans but aren't Spurs fans either, and I can just say, "Can you believe scored another goal?" They're like Donovan, my drummer. I mean, he's a Man U fan, but uh, and that's a shame. But um, oh, anyway, um, he uh, he was as blown away as I was. Uh, so anyway, yes, I, I had it on. Uh, I, I had to stop rehearsal and I had to just focus on the sheer delight of that game. Uh, you know, yeah, nonsense when they managed to put one in, but um, we don't worry about that because because we we absolutely battered them, and and then it was. It was a lap of honour, really, for our season. Like, you know, it was an absolute lap of honour. We were having a laugh. We were the entertainers. We, am I right? Like, we were the entertainers. Like, yeah. dare I go that far? I know that was a, a moment in time that, that is so cherished. But, like, have you seen a team entertain more last season than we did on that day? Oh, what a, what a, well, I say what a day. Like, <laughs> um, it was my six year old, it was my six year old son's first ever football match. So I was watching it on my phone. Um, in some far corner of Telford somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah, so. It, but what a day. It was, again, like one of them Unreal. one of them games last season. Were, were you there? Were you there? 6-1 Spurs, absolutely incredible. But I suppose, James, like, we've seen Sam Fender headlines in James's Park now. Oh, and mate. you've you've had a very busy summer. New yeah. material on the way. Yeah. Could could we see James Bay live at St James's Park with with war flags giving you uh, serenading you somewhat? Is th- is that on the cards? I, I, I a guy can only dream, right? Sam Sam dreamed. He was very right to, you know, respect to him. It's such a legend and 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 that's his that's his back garden, you know. So he's every right to and and he's he's every right to have had that city behind him and to have that city behind him. I'm a bit more of a sort of foreign object. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's just because that was his his hometown that they all got behind him and sold out those nights at St. James's. Musically, he is one of the absolute best in recent times, for, for sure. I'm a huge fan. Um, and he's a top lad, you know, to, to you know, on top of on top of everything else. Um, if I get my best cheerleader, Alan, to um, start talking to the, to the tune, to the city about my music a bit more, then maybe maybe I can dream and hope a little more that one day I might reach. Maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll just fill out the Gallagher end and just stick a little stage. Oh, that. Behave oh, two nights and sell out easy. They'd go like that. Stop being humble. They're hey, ridiculous. I, I don't know. Let, let's um, let's uh, in in the meantime, let's uh, let's keep it for the for the beautiful game. I, it, it would be, it would be what you know. It would be a serious dream come true to to make music in. And actually, strangely, I did actually get to sing for um, Match of the Day Extra um, a couple like a year or so ago. They, they they let me go and sing one of my songs in there, and we sort of filmed the episode of the program in, in St James's Park, like on an off day. It was it, it was it was as much a dream come true as any visit to St James's is or could be. So um, yeah, it was uh, it. it it would be a dream, but like I have to say as well, I, I was not even in the country when Sam um, played his shows, and I, I had been desperate to get to them, uh, and I couldn't. I was away in Europe, but um, God, I was over the moon for him watching, seeing the clips that I saw. Absolutely. Did you guys get to go? I managed to go to the, the first night, and it was it was truly spectacular. It really, really was. And 
It was just a, the, the noise. That, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was just, it was like a, I can't, I can't think of the actual word, which isn't great as an, as an interviewer, but um, it was just spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah, I bet. I I, you can't describe it. I bet. I, I, when, so I used to live in quite central in London, in Islington, and um, Finsbury Park isn't far away from there. He played uh, Finsbury Park, which is actually something that he released, is that you can listen to it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but I was just putting my daughter to bed and I could hear it coming across the city. I could I, I could hear it coming over the houses and the parks and the trees. I could hear I could hear 17 going under. It was a, it was a wonderful moment. And to, to, to know the lad at all and have seen so much of his sort of journey or some of it, at least, um, um, and all the things he's been through, it was just to just to completely um, gush about Sam for two more minutes. It was uh, very sort of moving, even in that moment, to hear him across London and then to see all those clips of him at St James's. Unbelievable. And, and what a club to welcome the lad. Wild. Incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, again, there's a recurring theme happening now because I miss Sam Fender at St James's because it was my daughter's third birthday. So kids don't ask oh, get in the way, do they? <laughs> It's uh, it's 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 one of the realities, and um, I suppose we we brought them in, so they're welcome to. But Absol yeah. absolutely, <laughs> but when, but when you schedule, I mean, if you, I know your agent's listening, just can you just stay away from June tenth for when you play St <laughs> right. James's Park, so I so I can see Bay at St James's. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, absolutely. And I have to quickly ask James. Um, so we've actually seen you play for, for, for Soccer Aid and it was, it was absolutely fantastic. What was it like sharing a pitch with football royalty in terms of the place of Roberto Carlos, for example? Uh, Roberto Carlos is, of course, terrifying to come up against. When you're such an amateur, below an amateur like me, and you're up against a legend who might, it might not have been playing for 10 plus years, but it, you don't notice. Uh, it's... An honour, it's unbelievable, and it's terrifying. Like the the, the ex pros, um, some of which are barely even ex, like Patrice Everett, he's not mucking about. I mean, well, I remember playing one of those soccer aids and Ashley Ashley Cole. You know, some of those guys, they're like, they haven't lost this this hunger. They say, they say we're winning this. Charity's all well and good, but we're winning the game. You're talking about, um, which is just as terrifying when they're on your team. You know, Ashley Cole, I was on his team and uh, for one of them, and it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I think it's funny, you know, with footballers, they, they talk about footballers and musicians very much. Some of them pining after like each other's careers. Years ago, um, before the 2016 Euros, I was, uh, Wayne Rooney invited me to play the sort of uh, the dinner that the club, that the team do before they go off to the competition. Uh, so we played a few songs and I can't remember how it came together, whether Wayne asked, but we for Hold Back the River, we had Wayne singing and we had Gary Neville playing guitar. It was great. Um, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne loves, he loves a song. Wayne loves a song. We've, we've done, again, at Soccer Aid, we did a couple of songs. He, he's, bless him, he, he, he loves it. And um, But no, Soccer Aid was, those experiences were incredible. I, I would, you know, if, that, if I ever get invited to that again, I'll, I'll bite their hand off. Um, as unbelievably unfit as I am. The, the second one that I did, um, typically, obviously, there's a high turnover of sort of players and celebs. They want to, it's about getting people to sort of engage and tune in, and rightly so. Um, somehow, and bear in mind, there's a there's a very important 40 minute half time at those games where you know they're broadcasting um, 
on TV to get people to donate um, and obviously do an incredible job at that. And I came off, I'd started, it was amazing to sort of be invited to start. I started as a defender. I'm not a defender, lads, in the slightest. I'm an I'm a egotistical singer-songwriter who wants to be up front. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, and, I, and when I'm playing, I, I play sort of seven aside and, and I'm I'm somewhere on the Oh, hang on, has the Wi-Fi died? Let's find out. Are we back? Have you got me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can hear you. Um, but it, I actually, I got put, so the last day of training before the game, I just sat back in defence, just sort of to try and sort of keep myself together and not destroy my legs. And that's what they saw. So they put me on as a right back. They started me as a right back in, in it was in the Etihad. Outrageous, you know, 70,000 people or whatever it was. Um, and I did the first half uh, as a not very good defender. And in the, at half time, um, they said, we're going to take you off, James. You've been you've been brilliant. Thank you. And I was like, I catch my breath, said, thanks. Like, I desperately need to come off. And then they said, and that was at the beginning of the 40-minute halftime. And then at the end of it, they said, actually, James, they're just looking at their team sheet. They said, can you just do the first 10 minutes? I said, all right, then. I'd sort of caught my breath by then. I had a little bit, little bit of a rubdown. And um, they said, uh, do the first 10 minutes. I said, brilliant. And they left me on the whole, the whole time. <laughs> and my legs. Oh, my goodness. There is a clip. I don't think it's easy to sort of find or even see, but there's a little snippet that you can see towards 90 minutes. If you're looking at the screen, I'm still on the pitch. I'm even more pale than I am in real life. I'm basically <laughs> both lungs have pretty much collapsed at this point. And I think it's Joe Cole, who is an incredible human. What a lovely bloke. Or, or even Jamie Carragher, who's absolutely terrifying and a lovely bloke, screaming at me, get up, go on, get up the wing. And I was playing like a wing back at this point, like three at the back and I'm still on the right and they're saying, get up and down. And on the, on the screen, someone shouts, go. I try and go. My legs just become completely brittle and like pieces of wood. And I just go face first into the grass. I push off to sprint and my legs just sort of stop fit. They completely squeeze up and, I'm, and my face is is in the grass and it's quite you just about see it on the screen it's quite that's absolutely hilarious i don't know what i'm saying oh dear <laughs> me you're like that come on let's get it off come on sub sub please sub <laughs> oh yeah what um i've been i've been outrageous um, f f sort of um, a question I wanted to ask you, just because um, I'm curious, um, not football related, but um, like you say, you uh, you opened for Springsteen, um, uh, Hyde Park, I think yeah. it was, wasn't it? Um, did did you have did you spend time in and around the aura of of the boss? What was what was he like? Oh, I, I got I got a couple minutes. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He's there's there's a little sort of compound uh, um, that he sort of has backstage. It's mad. There's all sorts. There's, you know, you go back there. I was invited to, to to meet Bruce, which was beyond a dream come true. Um, and I'm still not over it. And it was about two weeks ago now. And um, he was unbelievable and sort of charming and, and and just a total icon, as I think anybody would sort of imagine and expect. And but you go back there, and there's like there's like politicians and actors, like like a list, like people just hanging out because they're all his mates. And they've all just come to see the show and they just will sort of travel around the world with him. 
I don't know if he's like operating like a sort of an amazing super jet or something. I've no idea. Um, but like the guy, there was this guy Tim Robbins who was in the Shawshank Redemption, just sort of roaming yeah. about, having a drink, having a chat. And a politician, I can't remember. I think it was American politician. I forget his name. Anyway, these like hugely famous faces just like roaming about. I know I'd seen like a few weeks before. He'd had Michelle Obama and Sting just hanging out. It it, it, it was a wild experience uh, to sort of go back there and, and and be around these people, but um just for two minutes. But but my purpose was unbelievably to just sort of get to meet Bruce, say thank you, um and and for all of his music, which I as I mean one of my earliest memories. It's one of my earliest musical memories, but it's one of my earliest memories in general. It's just the opening sounds of Born in the USA the song mm. i think when i was about three or four years old i remember that music and the music to the suit the christopher reeve superman movies were just so exciting those two things sort of uh, yeah i it, it, you know i had so much to sort of thank him for because he's he's inspired me so much and obviously so many but he's certainly given me many reasons to want to do what i do um so to, there was an almost full circle experience for me of, of getting to open up for him and, and support his music, support him, and be, be invited to sort of be there doing it. It was it was unbelievable. I can imagine. I can imagine it must have been a, a dream come true. But um, just finally, James, we have to then end it on Newcastle. Will we see Newcastle United win a trophy in the next five years? I'm going to be optimistic. Yes. I, 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 I don't know which one it is, and not to sound. No, I would take it. I would take any trophy. You know, I. I think. I think. So many individuals and the sort of sum of its parts, the team deserve it, and and the people working behind behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, I think we deserve it. Love it. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I want. I want a trophy paraded at James Bay Live at St James's Park. I want. I want a trophy. Definitely, oh, definitely. We'll, 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 end thing, we'll, end, we'll end things there. James, it's been an absolute pleasure and, and a true honour, really, to be able to, uh, to interview you, interview you along, along with Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it and hope everything goes well in America and hope you get to see a little bit of Newcastle while you're out there. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a joy. It's always fun to talk about the team and, and thank you so much. Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? Links are all in the description. Please, if you're listening on Apple, hit that five-star review. And, yeah, thank you so much, James. It's been an absolute honour. Nice one, guys. Thank you so much. No problem at all. From myself, Jonathan Green, and my co-host, Sam Mulder, and today's guest, James Bay. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.